Chapter 4. The Brain That Changes Every Day What if you had a brain that was designed to start fresh every morning, could change and grow constantly, would rewire itself with anything you told it, always got rid of the limits other people placed, the limits other people placed on it, had a potential of reaching the usable a usable IQ level above what you thought you had in the past, was capable of talents and skills you thought only other people had, and would continue to grow and evolve throughout your entire lifetime. What would you do if you had that brain? You do have that brain. That's the brain you were born with. And yet people might ask, Aren't we born with genes which define us and tell us what our limitations are? Isn't our intelligence limited to the scores we got on the IQ tests we took in school? Aren't we destined to live out what nature gave us, good or bad? It's true that for centuries, it was believed that the brain was virtually unchangeable after its initial growth period during our youth. Scientists now know that the brain continues to grow new neurons throughout the lifetime of the individual. Though we now know better, until recently most scientists believed that a person's genes controlled the architecture of the brain, and that the brain, in turn, controlled how each individual would think, how intelligent they were going to be, and for the most part, what inborn and lifelong qualities they would or would not possess. The result of that point of view was that our educators believed we were born with gifts or failings based on genes with which we came into the world, with some people seemingly more gifted than others. Our genes and the role they played in our lives were taught, rather were thought to be in control of almost everything about us. Even something as important as our usable IQ was believed to be fixed cast in stone for our entire lives. It was also believed that talents or abilities where we might seem to be born with would usually be the same talents and abilities we would end up with at the end of our lives. And even those talents and abilities would inevitably be diminished by the ravages of time as our brains aged, unable to change or adapt like the cultural belief that you can't teach an old dog new tricks, which we now know is completely untrue. Many people, rather many, believed our ability to learn skills were also clearly limited by the genetic determination each of us was allocated at birth. What we were cut out for, educators and even parents told us, was the path each of us should follow. Sharon would be able to play the piano, but Tim wouldn't. Instead of becoming the engineer that he could have been, Johnny's self-image would be that of, a, that of a poorly paid mechanic and his destiny would follow his self-image. Some people would become doctors, while others were told they would never be able to do something like that. Some would be entrepreneurs and business leaders, while others would be consigned to the mailroom. 
Some young people were thought to be better suited to follow a course other than a higher education. The belief was that they would be better off just to develop that what few skills they could find in the meager menu life had given them. They would have to learn to be content doing something that was thought of as less important than people whose more fortunate choice of genes gave them what they needed to become college graduates. And without the right motivation from their parents and teachers to help them excel, many of them would choose the lesser path. Whatever skills we would be able to develop, we were told, was regulated by a genetic predetermination that favored some and limited others. It didn't seem right, of course, but because we were born with a certain set of genes and were given a certain level of intelligence, which was known, rather, which was always less than someone else's, what we were given at birth would dramatically influence or control the outcome of what each of us would make of the life we had in front of us. It is here we discover the problem that was held back generations of individuals from reaching their greatness. We have become what we were programmed to believe instead of what we could have become. Who are you really? Imagine the choices we've made that have led each of us in one direction instead of another, simply because the teachers, parents, and others who guided us believed the brain we ended up with was the brain we would live with for the rest of our lives, a brain that determined who we were or who we were destined to become. Even the simplest offhand descriptions we hear about any young person are often defined by what we had assumed to be natural traits, personal characteristics that tell us who that person is and how that person will be. Ricky is a stubborn, rather Ricky is stubborn, Carol is shy, Kristen is smart, Jason is going to be an athlete, Laura is a dreamer, Kevin has ADHD and can't concentrate. Josh is a lower Ellen, rather Josh is a loner, Ellen will be good at math. Brian is just like his father. Each of us was defined by the same kinds of beliefs and the same kinds of personal and social misconceptions. For most of us, our education was based on preconceived pictures of what, the, of what our capabilities were. And yet, many of those designed to be, many of those pictures were wrong. The preconceptions about who we are designed, designed to be and who we would become were based on assumptions about the human brain that were, that were false. It is true irony that the people who had the most accurate, rather accurate picture of the brain's potential were the visitors who believed anything is possible and that brain Anything is possible that positive thoughts create positive results. Yet, another visionary who had a large part of the answer were often not taken seriously by John Witch.
were often not taken seriously by educators themselves. To my knowledge, no school or university at the end of the 20th century had a dean of positive thinking. Insight into the lives of beautiful individuals had convinced those of us in personal growth research that there was a direct relationship between a person's attitudes and beliefs and his or her probable level of success and his or her probable level of success people who believed in themselves for instance time after time did better than people who continually doubted themselves or believed they would never would not succeed the educators meanwhile followed strict and limiting guidelines supported by standard standardized is a menu supported by standardized tests that fail to recognize that plasticity of each individual means having harm The educators, meanwhile, follow strict and limiting guidelines supported by standardized tests that failed to recognize the plasticity of each individual brain being tested. Students were classified and categorized and put into columns of capability, many of which had nothing to do with what the student's true learning potential or life capability might actually be. Because of the breakthroughs in the field of neuroscience and, in particular, developments in the world of neuroplasticity. The way we test and evaluate children and students is now being turned upside down. So, we, so will be the way we look at every facet of education, from child rearing to classrooms to textbooks to grade progression and how we train and educate each individual student.